Illicil Chit Chats aims to make information accessible to everyone. The podcast transcripts are available on illicil.wordpress.com for the hearing impaired or if you prefer to read instead. Thank you for engaging. I, I've always wondered why people are saying like I have this fine voice and I found out something very interesting and kind of disheartening but the way you sound on the voice recording is your actual voice but it all has something to do with your bones and its density or you know sound traveling through the bones and i'm really not going to go into it because the moment that it was said i was just disheartened by the fact that i will never sound as sexy as tando tabete or bonang or so it's fine i'll just keep on with my fine voice is there's a reason why it's fine <laughs> my name is raineth and welcome to illicit chit chats my mind's about to burst please bear with me so mental health awareness month is coming to an end and i'm not too happy about it i'm not really one who keeps up with awareness months i do my part in spreading awareness but i strongly feel that certain things shouldn't be reserved for certain periods or life shouldn't be reserved for certain periods there's a time and place for everything right but there are certain things that just do not have any time they just are life just happens whenever it feels like it and when things get to you you need to be better equipped to know where you can go and what you can do um you need to be able to listen to your feelings feel what you're feeling so that you can get through it isn't that what they teach us you grow through what you go through and by they i mean all those quotes you've compiled since high school all those affirmations one thing i never knew is where to seek help who do i call who do i talk to even if it will be their job to listen and give advice i don't want to waste anybody's time because i feel like i cannot be fixed but not only that i just don't want to take up someone else's time because it's theirs but you know i've been enlightened and i eventually talk so this week i'm speaking to sbatle the founder of safe house initiative unfortunately technology never ceases to fail me but suppose a girl has to make a plan to work around that right this was an interview that i'll never forget because one it was very insightful and two technology failed me did i say that one already it failed me i blinked and i went on with what i could nonchalantly but i got the last half of the interview which was very important it's a very important part so i'm happy about that so i think i i found out about the safe house initiative last year I think I found out about Safe House initiative last year, but I wasn't exactly sure what it was about. You know, casual chats about what's what, hmm, what's happening in your life. So Safe House made it into one of those conversations, and I never got deeper into what exactly is Safe House initiative. I think I'm not alone in not knowing about such non-profits or initiatives. 
not out of ignorance, but life is just life and you sometimes find that there are people who do not know how to deal with whatever comes their way or they don't know how to cope and they don't know that NPOs exist. They think they're so limited to go get help. So I studied psychology and it helped me a lot in understanding that no one person is the same. It helped me to understand that no matter how similar situations might be on the surface, no two people will go through it the same and that coping and healing is not a one-size-fits-all situation. I used to be one of those people who took it to mind that, okay, this is how we deal with things. And then when I tried that and it didn't work, I think that maybe I was the problem. And that, that made me feel even more negative than I had before because I'd walk around feeling like, why won't I feel better? Why does that work for you? Or that I don't know how to feel better. Or maybe if I wasn't me, then I'd know how to deal with whatever would be going on at the time. I figured that if I talk about it, because I, 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 I vent out loud to myself, talking about it, talking about what's wrong, but no one is there to listen and the thoughts eventually just collect themselves. Um, and the thoughts just eventually collect themselves. My solution was just to always talk about it and I would end up crying because I didn't have anybody to talk to about them. Slim simply to reaffirm that what I'm feeling is what I'm feeling or that it's okay that I feel that way. You know, validating my feelings in a sense. Then I spiral into something else and then on and on it goes until I just sleep or I distract myself because, you know, I thought too much. And this is what the podcast does for me. And this is why I was so chipper because I realized that I'm happier. It makes me feel like it doesn't matter whether I'm speaking to someone who's directly in front of me or if I'm just speaking or I'm saying whatever I'm saying and someone out there listened. It's that I offloaded a lot of what I keep to myself. But mostly I think, and it will probably sound weird, but I think that what I do end up concluding is something that I need to hear myself. But since I cannot hear it from someone else, it's kind of like me giving myself the affirmation that you are feeling what you're feeling and it's okay. And if someone tells me that they relate, then I suppose that's a plus point because then I don't feel alone. I think that a lot of people don't know how to cope with what they go through. Sometimes they're not even sure or cannot explain how or why they think they're feeling that way so it immediately puts a barrier between themselves and them getting to a point where they have an idea of how to cope with life. You also find that there are people who give advice but they themselves don't know how to follow it which is actually what I just said with it's something that I need to hear but I need someone else to tell me what I conclude in the end is something that I needed someone else to tell me even though I knew <laughs> for some reason it doesn't always work people who give advice that advice doesn't always work for them and I've always wanted to know why that is 
But on today's episode, I'd like to welcome Splatley, who is the founder of Safe House Initiative, to enlighten us on certain things, you know, certain questions we might have. Hi, Splatley. Thank you for being here. We appreciate your visit on the, the, this week's episode. Hello. Thank you for having me. So, yeah, I just wanted to thank you so that my, my manners don't go out the window before we start, you know. So, could you please tell us more about Safe House Initiative and what was the goal of starting this? Hello? Can you hear me? Guys, right in the beginning, technology was my enemy. But, remember I told you, a girl has a plan, right? Please tell us more about Safe House Initiative and what was the goal of starting this? Safe House Initiative is a non-profit organization which deals with mental health. We go around churches and schools to educate people about mental health. Um, we also host eventing sessions to the public where we gather um, and we just talk about anything and everything and then break bread together. Uh, men and women are, are separate. Um, the goal of starting this was the fact that I went into a psychiatric hospital and in 2018 and when I left there I realized that most of us got stuck into that, um, into the depression hole or into whatever mental illness that one has is because nobody has a venting outlet nobody has anyone to talk to and this obviously now leads to um mental illnesses especially if if it if you go on with life without paying attention to what's going on so yeah i didn't know about this the general consensus with any institution or initiative that has to do with mental health is that it has its people like yes i'm feeling this way but i feel like it's nothing compared to what people go through do you think that that kind of thinking is something that comes from society or that we're not educated enough about mental health to realize when we're affected by it in one way or another um yes that kind of thinking definitely comes from society um, and we also aren't educated enough about mental health um, to realize when we're affected. Um, for instance, I'm a very talkative person and I laugh a lot. So when I was actually now diagnosed and I actually um, made the decision of going to a mental health institution, um, I can tell you now that what I expected and what was in there was two totally different things. I expected to see people in straight jackets like we do in movies and stuff like that. And people around me were also saying that I'm not sick enough, I'm actually okay and I should um I should just suck it up, you know what I mean? However, I decided not to. So it's definitely the society that we're, you know, and um the fact that we're not educated enough about it. Um People don't know that depression is actually curable. Um, it goes hand in hand with therapy and taking your pills. Um, there will be a day where you are actually depression free. However, people are, um, are not aware of that. The minute that you say the word depression, people start screaming or running off because they're just so afraid of it. Um, and also, it's very hard speaking on an illness that 
one cannot see in the naked eye unlike when you're when you're wounded you can see that unlike when you're diabetic you know you know that but you know with depression it's also a chemical imbalance so it's an illness but it's actually very much curable um but yeah i think with with educating society a bit more um uh, i can see that on social media more and more people are actually coming forth about their mental health and they are easing into it i mean we'll get there someday others don't feel like they need help and even if something is clearly wrong like you can see it how do you go about <clears throat> how do you go about helping them to help themselves okay well that is a tough one um i'm a firm believer in you cannot help a person who does not want the help but in instances where i am met with such um challenges what i do is i speak on my personal experience people will um want a person that they can relate to when it comes to mental issues they don't want people um like i've noticed that most people don't want somebody who knows things by the book but when you start referring to yourself it eases them and they end up seeing that there is a better tomorrow and you know they you can get help and you will be okay but yeah i mean that's what i do no i don't want to say most of the time because i don't want to generalize and i don't have facts but there are people who have no idea where to get help people think that therapy is expensive thus they go through whatever they dealing with without having any help i think most people think that therapy is expensive because most people don't do their research um like i said as i'm a firm believer in you, um you know you cannot help somebody who doesn't want the help the thing is we are so invested in other things if you are interested in getting an apartment you will do anything by all means to actually get it you'll research you'll google however when it comes to sustaining yourself you don't do that you know so people um say well i don't go to therapy because it's expensive when in actual fact government hospitals offer therapy what you do is you just go to your local clinic ask for a referral that you need to see a psychologist and you then obviously go through the admin process which will be hard for on day one but once you're established um and once you have your foot in the door it will be easier for you to have appointments with a with a therapist um there's also a bunch of organizations that offer free therapy you've got famsa um i know here in maritzburg there's an organization where when you read um the local newspaper um it literally says do you need someone to talk to um call this number or send this number or send a call back to this number and we'll call you back so um there's also i think is it um chai fm helpline um yeah but there's a number of these things that are actually available to us that we don't even know because we just not doing the research um i know that most people um also um cannot differentiate you know between a psychologist and a psychiatrist so you've also got your social workers that work in um Um, most government hospitals that also deal with such issues but will always refer you to a psychologist if it is it is issues that they cannot um help um help you with 
So a psychologist is the person that you see um, for therapy. And a psychiatrist is the person who now gives you the medication. So if a psychologist feels like that you cannot cope with just therapy and you need medication, they refer you to a psychiatrist who will then obviously evaluate you and actually diagnose you now. Your psychologist doesn't diagnose you. The psychiatrist that diagnoses you that you've got MDD, which is major depressive disorder, with maybe a form of psychosis or maybe it's bipolar, maybe it's an anxiety disorder, OCD, there's a vast uh, number of illnesses under mental health. It's, it's such an umbrella illness, you know. And yeah, I think that people should start being open-minded, you know, and people should start seeking help because drowning our sorrows in substance abuse is really not doing anything for us. I mean, we're young and we have all the resources right in front of us and we should just go a step further and just googling there are tons of things that we discuss as filmmakers in my class so one of the things that we discussed was how school doesn't necessarily teach us things that would better equip us for the future in terms of mental health we go out of the school that is so set and it's black and white and everything's organized And you see the same people every day, you see your friends every day, you have people who are constantly there in this space. And then you go out into the world and you find that you now have the responsibility of taking care of yourself. You now have the responsibility of living, (laughs) if I can put it that way. Um... You know, they've taught you how to take care of your affairs in terms of finding a job or going to school and then finding a job and so on. But the emotional journey that comes with it, the emotional journey that comes with you growing up, no one really prepares you for that. Do you think that curriculums should include a deeper look into mental health or that life skills should include it? No, yeah, I, I do feel like schools should be doing more, um, but obviously there's so much that they can do when it comes to the syllabus and set subjects and so forth. But I do believe that schools should be doing more because depression doesn't start when you're 20 or 21. Um, these lingering things throughout your entire life that happens and then eventually one day you just diagnose with depression but you don't even know when it actually started, you know. Um so I do believe that there needs to be more done in schools, more talks, more um, on educating kids, because it doesn't start with um, just waking up one day and you're suicidal or waking up one day and you're angry. It starts very little, you know, maybe your father or your mother shouted at you and said something that didn't sit well with you mm-hmm. and you take that and you keep it under the carpet. Um, maybe you're not confident enough and at home you're not being told you're beautiful, you're not being told you're being told you got you you're experience you're experiencing ugly words mm-hmm. and we all know that we live in such a cruel world that you're going to get teased at school as well you come back home and something's happening as well you know so we we, we're, we don't know how to cope mm-hmm. and we just learn to live with it which is such a terrible thing to do mm. but had I known that at the age of 13, um, when I was being told that I was fat and I was ugly, and had I had I been told otherwise when I was at home, 
um, I'd probably be in a better space. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So we do need those in schools. We do need that little strength and we do need um, kids to be able to speak to someone mm-hmm. about through because I think a lot of people feel like kids don't go through anything. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got a shelter, you're eating, so everything's absolutely okay. When that's actually not the case, kids go through a lot. Mm-hmm. So they need to kind of learn how to deal before they go on to because I feel like when you're a kid there are things that you deal with as a kid and then when you go out into the world there are a hundred more things added to your plate so it doesn't really help that you go with your problems plus the problems that you get yes so is is this where you come in with schools well with schools um what usually happens is there's a teacher that will approach us and we try see with the school syllabus and we'll try see where we can be squeezed in and so once we've done our talks and we see that child a or b has an actual issue we tell the teacher and the principal and then they bring in their own counselors that are um that are in the school mm-hmm. to actually now speak further with the child so we basically identify the issues okay. sometimes the child will say sometimes the child will say no 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 i want them back I want to speak to them and so they allow us to do that and then we just give um, the teacher or the principal some feedback on what's actually going on in that child's life. Oh, okay. That's very interesting. Have you gone to a school where they don't have a psychologist like their own or their own counsellors? Yeah, I have. <laughs> so and we, they, they asked us to come back weekly. Yeah. Oh, okay, that's interesting. Cause my schools had, I just wasn't aware that my primary school had one. I don't, I don't remember them having one, but I remember in high school, and I didn't know if it was whether it's because we're growing up and there's so many things happening around us that it's in high school specifically, or yeah. So do you go to, do you go to high schools, or do you go to primary, or do you go to both? I go to both. Um, in primary, I look at more of grade sixes and sevens because you're now, you know, about to go into high school and there's so many things that have happened in your life, you know. And with high schools, I normally look at grade eights and nines because the transition there is actually, it's such a critical time in your life. In, in, in that in that phase you don't know whether you're coming or going you're changing friends you don't know you know peer pressure is so easy um and so yeah um i've been to a primary school but also that's also a bit harder because people feel like you're now exposing the kids to too much mm. yeah isn't that like actually part of the problem that they think you're exposing too much mm-hmm. yeah oh. it definitely is I don't think I have any more questions. I probably have, but I'll ask okay. you in my own time. You know, <laughs> um, I just wanted to know: um, is there anything that you can tell us about feeling your feelings, like with not ignoring what you're feeling or not going with people saying, "Oh, you'll be fine." 
do you have a message to kind of help us with that? Um, I believe in writing. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like some of us invalidate our feelings so much that we actually don't know how bad it really is or how in-depth it really is until we write it down on, pa- on paper. Mm-hmm. So when you write it down on paper, you're not going to say, I'm so sad. You're going to say, I'm upset because A, B, and C, because of A, B, and C. And when you read that again, you'll actually see that I'm actually not okay. Mm-hmm. So I always, always, always encourage writing. And there's a quote that I once read, I don't even know who it's by, it says, um, feel it, the thing that you need to feel. Feel it and be free. And I, I always think about that. Um, when you want to cry, cry it out. Because there's always that lump that sits there in your throat mm-hmm. and it doesn't disappear. Mm-hmm. And the minute that you cry it out, it actually goes away. Um, it's literally like laughing when you need to laugh in class or anywhere the minute you hold it in it becomes a bit painful and you get teary-eyed but the minute that you let out that laugh it's freeing so i always believe in feeling your feelings and just letting them out and you're free once that happens yeah oh thank you that's actually something that most of us need to hear because we think we're so strong (laughs) um Yeah, I think that's about it. Um, I just wanted to know if you have any events lined up or where can we find you? I've actually got an event next weekend. Mm -hmm. Um, It's our first venting session for the year for the ladies. It's a ladies' luncheon. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm at Safe House Initiative on Instagram and it's at Safe House I on Twitter. That's where I'm mostly um, active. And I'm also active on my social media accounts about mental health. Um, and Instagram it's at Smashley mm-hmm. I'll send you the details and then mm-hmm. on Twitter it's at Smashley in underscore yeah oh, thank you because up here we don't know in in Pretoria I almost said in South Africa like oh wow okay <laughs> <laughs> so we, um, last year we did come to Johannesburg where we had um, a session uh, the turnout wasn't so great mm-hmm. but I mean we had I think there was about five of us but I mean we had it <laughs> So yeah. Oh, I'm definitely attending if you're here in Pretoria. I feel like most of the things yeah. most of the things happen in Joburg, so then I'm like, wow, what about us? So I'll try. I um I think we'll we'll talk and we'll try. Okay. Yeah. Thank you so right. much for what you're doing. I think it's something that needs to be done because of people not actually knowing what is happening with them or what is happening out in the world because people aren't really sensitive to other people so that makes things a little worse i appreciate you doing what you're doing thank you yes um thank you please send me details about your event next week so i can just put it there can anyone come like anyone anyone there's no form to fill in to say okay I'm coming no 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 you just have to RSVP that's it <laughs> oh okay yeah. that's great oh that's so cool I, I, I find that so fascinating I wish I could just <laughs> change the world too oh one day and one person at a time that's what I believe okay, okay girl oh, <laughs> my child's up Oh, that's okay. I'm in, I'm done anyway, so I'm just gonna let you go. Take care of your child. 
Thank you so much for speaking to me. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. See you. Bye. Bye. That was so refreshing. I mean, I'm shy, so it's it's a bit difficult for me to talk to people, but Swatle is so easy to talk to. And I really appreciate her coming onto our show. It was amazing. I'm really glad I did this for our fifth episode, our mid-season episode. So, thank you. This week's shout-out goes to Loiso Bududu. Wintry water dive not I, conjecture not her smell around her arms in thought. Will things be different when we kiss, or will the sun shine grey like it does? Be or not be, quietest shall I, water after today, maybe still anew. Crapulence seek then ye I, self-prescribed prescriptions marry, only eternal silence can heal. This is a poem by a writer, a poet, an inquisitive mind into the deeper and somber faculties of life and death. An identity that cannot be solidified. A being that just is. Omnipresent in his essence and variations. There is no one specific way to describe Luis Obududu, but I'd like to try and say that he embodies existence being a feeling. Whatever that may be. Whichever moment may come. Light or dark. Loiso Bududu is a writer of different mediums, including fictional novel writing, poetry, as well as screenplay writing. He currently has a poetry book called The Yellow Leaf, which speaks on mental health. And this book is available on Kobo Books as an e-book, but he is currently working on making it available as a hard copy. Apart from writing, Loiso has a company, Loi Films, in which he will be showcasing short films on different digital platforms. If you want to know more about Loiso's poetry or you want to read Loiso's poetry, you can follow him on Instagram at loi.writes. You can also find more information about his book. So you shot your first film and it's just there. Is it a school production? Is it something that you and your friends did in the backyard? Or is it something that you and the people in your neighborhood did for a project and now it's just sitting and it's archived? No, getting your movie out there has become so much easier. The fact that YouTube exists is an amazing thing. The fact that Vimeo exists is an am- a more amazing thing, let me say. Because on Vimeo, there are so many films that you need to see. Let me say that. And you will get people who will see yours. So I'm just giving you this tip. But I wanted to tell you about creating art and not knowing where to take it to. And first things first, the internet is always there. The internet is always open to having these things. YouTube, Vimeo, Real Shorts. For your short films but there is also something that i didn't find out until last year i knew that there were festivals but i didn't exactly know how people get their films to festivals and when i see the movies on the festivals i'm like that is so amazing and those are things that maybe i'll never get to see on the big screen but these are things that people created that left an impact on me 
I recently attended the deaf one. I attended it online and I attended some of the films there and I was really really impressed with what I saw and it made me feel like hey I can also do this which is one of the reasons why I wanted to give you a list of film festivals you can attend or where you can take your film to in case you don't know where to. I can give you a pointer. Go to the NFVF website and you will see a list of these festivals. You will also see that they give funding to attend these festivals. So I'm just gonna list a few of them but I'm just you know feeding you just a tip here so that you can go and delve into this pool yourself because you know artists supporting artists and artists encouraging artists but mostly keeping each other growing as i've mentioned before i attended the diff one which was online which was really experiencing all these films that people made that i may or may not be able to have access to in the future which is one of the reasons why festivals i think are such brilliant amazing things because not only can you see other people's work but you get a chance to showcase what you have. You don't even have to be a Steven Spielberg for that to happen. So you have the Durban International Film Festival which takes place in Durban in July and you have Kwamashu African Festival which is also in Durban and takes place in October. Then you have Encounters SA International Documentary Film Festival which takes place in various cities and it takes place in June. I'd, I like this idea because I was never interested in documentaries because I knew only one type of documentary and that was the animal planet because, you know, everyone has that uncle. The amazing thing that happened was that DSTV put on Sundance and I was so fascinated. I watched that not only for the film, for the indie films, but I discovered so many documentaries that, that have me glued to the TV. Documentaries about artists, documentaries about authors that I love, documentaries about models and just all these interesting people that you hear about, all these artists that you hear about, and now you just get to have that closer look of, of who they were. And, oh man, it's just amazing. So my heart is really, really broken that that is not exactly there. There's Curio, but it Sundance is the one, man. <laughs> Okay, and then you have Tri-Continental Festival, Film Festival, which is in Joburg, Cape Town, and Pretoria. Yay! So glad to see Pretoria. <laughs> that takes place in September. Then you have Out in Africa, again, Lesbian Film Festival, which takes place in Johannesburg, October. And Cape Winelands Film Festival in Stellenbosch, which takes place in March. Wild Talk Africa, Durban, in July. And then one that I really wish I knew about earlier because it, because it just changed my life. I participated in the 48 hour film project in 2019 and it was the most amazing experience of my life and I knew that this is where I want to be. I don't want to be anywhere else but here and I'm, this is what I'm striving for 
and it was amazing because it gave so many people that access to showing their films to it gives you an amazing opportunity to showcase your creativity that which you have to shoot that which you have to go through the five stages of production that you have to go through in from three months to a year or more you have to do that in a limited time of two days and it's the craziest experience but it's the most wonderful thing on earth because of the opportunity that it gives people to actually produce things then we have Polokwane Film Festival which takes place in September and we have Pojanala Film Week which is an initiative of the Bojanala District Municipality that aims at promoting and establishing film activities to the youth in the Northwest Province. We need film weeks. More film weeks to mention are Bumalanga Film Week, Makufe Film Week, please tell me I said that right, Makufe Film Week, and Grainstown National Arts Festival Film Week. But this is not all of the festivals, I believe. And it's not all film weeks that they are. Do yourself a favor if you really, really, really do not know where to or how to. The best thing that you can do for yourself is to Google. It might open doors through which you peek. Good luck on your filmmaking career. Do it. Whoever says what, just do it. And keep yourself happy. Oh, thank you Seeds for joining me on this week's episode. I cannot believe it was so short. It felt like the shortest episode that I've ever done. But it's mid-season and I'm happy that I got this far with this podcast. And I'm thanking you guys once again for lending me an ear and just for engaging with me and listening to my nonsense. (laughs) I just want to remind you to be you. Feel what you're feeling, what you're feeling is what you're feeling and it's real and you're not alone in what you're feeling, but you can get through it. And if you feel like you cannot always go seek help, remember to visit the Safe House Initiative where they will give you more information than I can, motivating you and talking about mental health and, you know, finding someone to talk to. Um, You can visit the Safe House Initiative again on Instagram, on Twitter, and you can visit Spatli on her socials, which I will also put in the description. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for joining us once again. I appreciate all of you. And a quick reminder, take care of yourself, seeds.